Hello and welcome to the Elevate Your Running podcast. My name is Sarah Manderscheid. My co-host is Austin Myers. We are both with you today. It's going to be a really fun, hopefully exciting conversation. I'm pretty sure exciting. Maybe um, a little bit tiring from one of the co-hosts. We're going to talk all about Leadville today and Austin's experience in Leadville, kind of that mental and physical fortitude that comes from racing a hundred mile race at 10,000 feet of elevation and also little nuggets along the way of how you can apply with the athletes and the pacers and the people who experienced in Leadville, how they experienced that weekend, how you can apply it to your training and how it all translates because the end of the day, we're all kind of training for the same thing, just in a little bit different ways. Um, so before we begin, uh, Austin, how are you doing? I'm good. Got home from uh, Leadville, Colorado. It was about a 14 and a half hour drive um, last night, pretty late. So we're recording um, about mid morning right now, which to me feels like early morning after a late night last night. Um, but had an amazing experience this past weekend in Leadville. Excited to break it down. Um, the Leadville 100 is truly a special event uh, for the town of Leadville and also for the running community as a whole. Um, so for anyone who maybe doesn't have a ton of background on the Leadville 100, definitely encourage you to research it, but we're going to dive into it today. Sarah, how are you? I feel like it's been a few weeks since we've connected on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It has been a few weeks and things are just, you know, plugging away. Things are happening. Um, each week, we're just one week closer to race day for us. <laughs> And and it's all good. It's great. What is your elevated moment of the week? Yeah, I feel like we had the Elevate team had such a great weekend. Um, on Sunday, we met at Waterton Canyon, which is in South Denver, for a group run. And it was one of the first group runs um, really all summer where I didn't have a long run. And I could show up, and it was a bit more relaxed on my side because I wasn't running like 12... 14 miles on very tired legs from typically a hard workout on Saturday. And I got to show up and really just have a lot of fun. The canyon is super beautiful. It's um, it's in Littleton, Colorado, so in South Denver. It's on the west side. It's a six-mile up on dirt in a canyon. So it's about, I think, a few hundred feet, maybe 300 feet of gain within um, six miles. So it's basically like running Boulder. But for those in Denver, it's like, you know, a good uphill uphill thing uh, to run. And then you can turn around and it feels so great running down the canyon. It's usually a little bit cooler. Um, there's um, like animals too that kind of make their way through like bighorn sheep. So it was a really great morning, a lot of really great vibes, awesome people that showed up. I think it creates... Um, a really nice showing of athletes because it is such a special place to run and it is so beautiful. So it was just really exciting to be there with them. And also knowing over the last week, I've kind of transitioned the Elevate community group runs into the Elevate Run Club and having athletes take over leading and, um, and running them. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun, not just for me as a leader of the Elevate team, but to see other athletes step up, lead the groups on Tuesday nights and Saturday mornings, and 
um, it's just another step forward in what I'm looking to create in the running space. I love that. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think we had previously talked about that, and I love kind of that move that you're making. And those group runs are really cool. Um, it's something that I definitely miss not being in Colorado anymore. Uh, but driving through Denver on the way to Leadville, just remembering like some of those group runs that we were able to have in the Denver area, the Boulder area. Um, it's not only a special place uh, for the running community, but it's also you know special what you're creating as well. So I'm happy to hear that your athletes are engaged uh, to that level and that you guys are having some success with those runs. I know, me too, because it, it kind of came to a point where um, just with my own training and, and the Elevate business and things that I want to create in my personal life, that um, the group, it, it, it's a lot of energy and it's also a lot of time. And it's balancing all the things that I do during a week and what makes sense to continue to spend time and energy resources into and what are things that I can kind of shift into getting help from and then other things that I'm just not going to do any longer. So um, I'm really, really excited about this. I'm really excited that the team stepped up um, and that we have other athletes leading it too because I think that brings like really fun energy. It brings a new dynamic and it gives like the team a chance to also lead and kind of do their own thing too. So it's going to be a really great growing, um, growing piece for all of us. So it's, it's a good thing for sure. Um, yeah. So Austin, I feel like I know what your elevated moment's going to be, but let's, uh, I'd love to hear it. And then maybe we can segue into the show. Yeah. Um, my elevated moment is definitely the Leadville 100. Um, this was, I, I had been to Leadville before when I was living in Colorado, uh, and I went to kind of witness the environment of the Leadville 100, but I didn't have really anything beyond seeing the start finish line, um, to do there. So we, you know, we toured the town and we got a feel for what it's like at 10,000 feet of elevation. Um, but, it wasn't that we were involved in the race. This year, um, I was crewing along with my group of friends for uh, a good friend, Matt Johnson, who paced me for my 100-mile race in February. So we were very involved in this process. We were moving um, from aid station to aid station. We were making sure that Matt was supported and that we were there with what he needed at all times. And it really allowed us to see the magnitude of this race, of a race where you have hundreds of athletes running across the Rocky Mountains, 50 miles out and 50 miles back, and you have 30 hours to complete the race. And it's truly remarkable to see at 4 a.m. when they literally have a shotgun go off to start the race all the headlamps moving down the street out of Leadville, and you know that 50% or less of those runners will not complete the race. This year, the completion rate was 44%, and I, I'm pretty sure that's, that's pretty low compared to what it usually is. I believe it's usually about a 50-50 split, um, and it just seemed like it was definitely a battle out there for the athletes, I got to see 11 miles of the course uh, at about 
1 a.m. as I paced Matt uh, through miles 76 through 87. And that course is unforgiving. And that's not even mentioning the fact that you are at 10,000 plus feet the entire time. It is truly an amazing challenge. Uh, it's something that you cannot take lightly, but it's absolutely amazing. I mean, some of the views are the most beautiful that I've seen. The environment is absolutely incredible. The race has um, so much history to it and the ways that that race has supported the community of Leadville. Uh, it's a special place to be. It's somewhere that I want to be every single year for, for that race in August. Um, just because it, it's like such a test of human will and the human spirit and to see people, whether they finish or not, to give everything that they had to that race and to do it with a smile on their faces because it's such an amazing opportunity. And to be involved in that was something that I will not soon forget and something that I hope I can be involved in um, moving forward, whether it be as a crew member, as an athlete, or just as a spectator. Uh, it is, it's amazing. It's exhausting, for sure. Yeah. Um, we we got probably seven hours of sleep in three days from the time <laughs> that we got to Leadville to the, the end of the race Sunday morning. Um, but that speaks to just how special it is because you have crews of people supporting their athlete and they are just there to sacrifice and to help out in any way possible so that that athlete can realize their dream and can do something that is truly remarkable. Um, and that's what we were able to do. Matt finished in 28 hours um, and he ran an absolutely amazing race. He had an absolutely amazing experience with it. And to see him with a smile on his face as he crossed the finish line, um, it, it just really wrapped up the weekend in an amazing way. So just as a whole, um, truly amazing experience that, that I hope I can, can kind of, you know, continue to have each August. Um, but so many takeaways as well. You learn so many lessons yeah. through these races. Um, and it's something that you then take into your life and, and you don't forget it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it feels like such an incredible race. I've I have not been there for it in person even though I live and have lived in the Denver Boulder area for 12 13 years. Um it's maybe about 3 to 4 hours outside of Denver. Is that about right, Austin? As you were driving through? It's about 2. Oh, it's about two. Okay, so I'm way off. It's about two hours. And um, it's, you know, Leadville is such a small mountain town, and it's really cool to see so many people there to support this race weekend and all the cool things that are created out of it. And I feel like for anyone listening right now who maybe isn't a trail runner or maybe you're just getting into running, I think. Leadville is almost like you could compare it to like a major marathon experience, right? Like the energy is so vibing and it's so vibrant and there's so many great supporters and people there to lift everyone high versus, you know, like a small town race. It's a little bit different, but at the same time, like 
I hope today in our conversation, you can take these nuggets and these takeaways of what we're talking about to Leadville and apply it to what you're doing because it's all the same. It's just a different race, a different town, different elevation, different, you know, it's obviously like a very tough terrain and course, and I don't want to discount that, but it's very easy to just being able to apply what we talk about today into your own training. So I have a few questions, Austin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. 44% of the people finished. Do you know how many people participate in this race each year? Because it's a lottery based system. It's very difficult to get into. It's a very difficult course to train for, especially if you don't live here, which I want to talk a little bit more about too. Um, And do you know why only or less than half finished this year versus over over other years. Yeah, um, I believe that the total number of runners was about 800 this year, um, somewhere around there. So that would that would provide you like three, you know, 300 to 400 finishers as a whole. Um, it's a lottery based system primarily. Like some major marathons, you can enter through a charity, uh, the Leadville Community. This is something I really love about it is that these charities are so integrated into the community of Leadville. So if you decide to go the charity route to enter the Leadville 100, these charities are, are such an a important part of that community. You are supporting this amazing community um, by entering through a charity or even by entering through the lottery. Um, so those are really the two primary ways that you can get into the race. Um, but only having, you know, about 800 runners and making it a pretty exclusive race makes it a once in a lifetime opportunity so that when you get that chance, like you have to make the most of it and you cannot discount the challenge that you have ahead of you. And, um, to see that and to just like, see how important that opportunity is for the athletes there. You can see it in their eyes. I mean, they're focused um, they are aware of just how big, like what they're doing is. Um, and it's just something like it's otherworldly to be in that environment and to see, uh, people push themselves to the limit, people so hyper-focused on this goal and just almost entranced by, you know, the world that you're at in the mountains, 10,000 plus feet views like you've never seen before. And it's that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that you have to make the most of if you get it. Absolutely. And your friend Matt was able to participate and finish in 28 hours, which is astounding. I mean, (laughs) wild. Where does Matt currently, like, live and train? And how did he train for the Leadville 100 if, if he doesn't live in Colorado? Yeah, that's a great question. I was telling you before we started recording, the altitude got to me <laughs> very badly. And um, like I said, I've been at Leadville. Um, I went to Leadville when we were living in Boulder. So it's basically the move from being acclimated at 5,400 feet and then going up to nine to 10,000. And I remember when we did that a few years ago, I felt it, but not to the degree that I felt it this year coming from uh, from Texas to Colorado. So from my watch says 700 feet um, at altitude right now, and then we went up to 10,000. 
And that's the same situation that Matt was in. He trained in Texas for this race. He got to Leadville, I believe, Tuesday of race week. So that's not the time that you need to truly acclimate to those conditions. Yeah. And that is that is the situation for so many athletes who are running this race. And I think if we're going to take this and translate it to, you know, other races and just running as a whole, you are not always going to have the most favorable situation. You're not yeah. always going to be able to create a life that replicates your race day in a way that optimizes how you're going to perform. But that doesn't mean that you can't perform. That doesn't mean that you can't control what is controllable and still succeed and achieve your goal. So in his training, Matt was able to just do things that I can't say replicated altitude, but made it easier for his body to adapt to that stressor when he was in it. Things like running very high mileage weeks, um, you know, maybe more than would be needed if he was training at altitude. Um, training intentionally in the heat of Texas to just apply a stressor to his body um, that in some way could replicate the stress that he would feel um, at altitude. Like there were things that he could do that didn't necessarily um, alter the fact that altitude would be an issue but that his body would be in some way adapted to the stress that he would be feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a, a beautiful point to make about how going into this race is very similar to like how we go into our marathons or our half marathons or our 5Ks of like things just aren't going to be perfect and that's okay. It's, I think it's very, it's very tough to go into a race day and have everything perfect. Your body feels good. The weather feels good. Um, everything is dialed because that's not, it doesn't always happen that way. And if you do get a race day like that, congratulations, it's probably like one out of 10 or one out of 20 that you're going to get. It doesn't happen that often, but kind of how you show up and how your processes and process goals throughout training will really start to to really dominate on race day and how you control the day and how you control the mind. I'm sure Matt in running through Texas heat and running very, very high mileage. And I'm sure getting on soft surface with maybe as much, um, elevation gain as possible, or if he, you know, went into a gym and jumped on a Stairmaster or something just to create that elevation gain he was creating the things in his training ultimately to help him flow through Leadville, even though I don't think there's anything that's like quite there to prepare you for Leadville because it is like such a unique experience. It's um, thousands and thousands of feet of gain overall um, over the course of those hundred miles. So it's really something special, but it's, I think it goes back to, how you do one thing is how you do everything and how Matt transitioned through his training for Leadville is the same that you could do for your half or your marathon. I have athletes right now in the thick of it. They are in the thick of it. I have uh, Twin Cities and I have Chicago athletes and they are in like, they're right on that cusp of like peak um, block, not peak week, but peak block, which is something as a coach, I really like to promote. And it's not just one week 
of peak, but it's over a few weeks and, um, and they're freaking out. <laughs> they are freaking out, right? Their body's fatigued. Maybe they're having a bad training run. Maybe the heat's getting to them. Maybe they're getting sick. Maybe they're not having a consistent, um, schedule right now. And it all comes back to the same thing. Control what you can control. Set yourself up for success every single day in training. And that's going to look different every single day, knowing that when you get to race day, just like all the athletes did at Leadville 100, that you know that you did everything that you possibly could given the circumstances that this training cycle provided and lean into it and flow through it and find a way to make a big win. And that's exactly what 44% of the athletes did this, this year um, at Leadville. I don't want to discount the people who didn't finish um, because a 30-hour cap is a 30-hour cap, right? So if, let's say if it was a 48-hour cap, like how many athletes would have flown through that and like and finished or how many truly DNF'd um, for different reasons? But the altitude is something to consider when you go into a race like this. It's wild. Um, and one thing I want to note, it's kind of a fun fact. I went through the race results from Leadville. And it's interesting to see like how many people are from Colorado versus out of state. And there are so many out of state athletes and how cool that is to see them come in and to really flow through the uncomfortable of maybe training at 700 feet, 600 feet, 200 feet, maybe 1100 feet, whatever it is. And then coming in um, and creating something really magical at 10,000 feet. But there was a girl that I met at the Mason Marathon who's like a really big road runner. And she's run Boston too, so we ran the Bostons together too. We ended up being in the same like finishing shoot for the Mesa Marathon and she was in my race video and I don't know, she like saw it on Instagram and then would track me down and whatever. We're like Instagram friends. She ran Leadville and successfully completed it too. So her name's Stephanie and it's like wild because she's a road runner and like she co- and not to say that roadrunners can't participate in Leadville, um, but it's wild to see her transformation and how strong and successful she was um, at Leadville. When we ran Mesa together, we both ran like a 325, and she's since gone on to run like very similar marathon times um, to me. So it's really cool to see kind of that the outlier, maybe if you will, maybe not a tried and true trail runner per se, but someone who's going after it and making their dreams a reality. Yeah. I was actually talking to uh, my friend who was, who was crewing with us this weekend about trail running and road running and, you know, running is running and certainly like getting out there on your feet at a certain heart rate for extended periods of time, like that is going to build your aerobic capacity. That is true. But beyond that, there is truly, like if we're talking the trails that we saw in Leadville this weekend versus the roads of, you know, just, you know, an everyday road running athlete, um, it is a different world. And you truly have to specialize in whatever discipline you want to pursue a goal within. And, you know, if you're going to tackle something like Leadville or or really any trail race, get out on the trails, 
understand what makes trail running unique. And likewise, like if you're running a road race, train on similar roads with similar, um, you know, elevation profiles to what you're going to be running uh, on race day. Like there's, there's something to being able to uh, specialize as much as possible into the type of running that you're doing. Because I think not only physically does your body adapt to it and become more accustomed to that type of stress, but also mentally. Like, to be able to to see and feel what you're going through. Because something like Leadville or, or really any 100-mile trail race, it's going to get dark. Like, quite literally, the the sun will go down and it will be the middle of the night. And all you see is what you see with your headlamp. And in that moment, that's where you lean on your experience, that's where you lean on your training, and that's where you lean on your confidence in yourself. And that's what I saw with Matt. He was able to lean on that confidence, knowing that he had given everything that he could to be in the position to overcome that challenge. And I think that it speaks to the importance of just believing in what you want and doing the training necessary to get there. And you can't really fool yourself out of actually wanting the thing. If you're training for Leadville, if you're training for a marathon or a half marathon, you need to truly know that you want to achieve that goal. Because if you don't, the training won't be there. And on race day, you'll realize that you weren't fully invested in it. And that's okay. But to understand that and know that if you want to achieve these goals that we set for ourselves, you have to be all in on it. Yeah. And that's going to look a little bit different for everyone. Um kind of being in, we're in late August right now. We have Twin Cities on August or October 1st. We have Boulderthon in Chicago the following weekend. We have a lot of other major marathons and just races going on this fall, right? I think it's a, it's actually a bigger time in the racing community than in the spring when we have, um, when we have the Boston Marathon, we have London, Tokyo's earlier in the year. But really the fall marathon season or the fall racing season is such a special place to be. And Austin, you're 100% right. It's like you can start out the training cycle with goals and what you want to accomplish. But ultimately, whether you have a coach or not, it's up to you as an athlete to just get it done. So if you're running Chicago and you're running a very flat course, and I'm like flat, it is flat, like you should and get to be training on a flat terrain and is running on a hillier terrain for your long runs and and whatever. Okay. Absolutely. That's amazing. But if you have quality in that long run or you have uh, a workout in that long run invitation to take it to either flat to really be able to dial in that pace and that feeling. So you know what to expect on race day, or if you know you're taking it to a hillier course Give yourself grace with the pace because it's not going to be the same and it doesn't get to be the same and that's okay, but it's knowing the difference and not, um, I'm seeing athletes right now really beat themselves up over all these like little decisions that they're making. Um, and ultimately it's like taking a step back from where you are assessing what you're doing. And if you're setting yourself up for success, or if you're making things a little bit harder, and if it's a little bit harder, that's totally okay because that's actually going to help on race day. But if the pace or the execution just isn't quite there, you also get to get to give yourself grace around that too. Um, and the same goes with 
just a training cycle and how being in peak right now, I'm pulling from a lot of athletes right now. I'm like, this has so many great messages. Like being all in in training and having that time to really be all in in training. And if you're not, that's okay. But also like communicate that and know that on race day, however you are, however you showed up is exactly where you need to be. And that's an okay place. Yeah. And it's certainly like, overwhelming as an athlete to to consider this and be like well I've, I've got other factors in my life that I need to attend to and that is okay yeah. like you don't have to be all in on your running at the expense of everything else there is a balance that you can find there is you know a priority list that you can establish and hold yourself to but what I will say and, and one of my greatest takeaways of of standing on that final stretch and seeing athletes the last 100 meters of this 100 mile race cross that finish line is that if you truly want it and you invest your time and your energy into the training, it is one of the most amazing things you will ever feel and experience and don't do it alone. Like there were families and groups of, of friends and crews crossing the finish line in the final 30 minutes of this race. I mean, you're at hour 2930 and you see people going to that finish line, knowing what they had been through, knowing that they had fought to get there and then they're there and and the look on their faces. I mean, truly like that's something I will never forget. That was incredible to see. Uh, It just really like it warms your heart because you know how much they put into it. And you know that in that moment, they they are achieving everything that they worked for and they'll never forget it and they didn't do it alone and that's the thing that I love about Leadville that's the thing that I love about ultra marathoning is you I mean you can probably do it alone some people can but you don't want to you're out there to do it with other people um and the memories that we were able to make this weekend we won't forget and I know that's the same for so many other people who were able to cross that finish line or even not like if they didn't cross that finish line the experience is still amazing. Like you said, Sarah, that time cutoff, 30 hours for that race is tough. Like that's something you truly, there are cutoffs at every single checkpoint. You have to know those cutoffs. You have to know where you're at in the, the grand scheme of the race. And it's not that athletes are just quitting. It's they are getting cut off due to time. Mm -hmm. They just couldn't, you know, stick to the time. And there are so many factors that go into play. And it's like, you get to that final stretch and you see that finish line and you know that some things fell into place for you and other things didn't, but you still were able to overcome them and that the finish line was never guaranteed for anybody. So to get there, you truly appreciate that. It's it's such a sense of gratitude that I saw from, from these athletes who are finishing the race. And then for the athletes who didn't, the sense of gratitude that they had the opportunity to be there. Mm -hmm. They were still in that amazing environment surrounded by so many people that supported them. Um, it, it truly a special experience. Um, something that I believe like if it's overwhelming to consider, you know, the dedication that's required for some of these goals that you may have for yourself, understand that the experiences that you can gain by just continuing forward and by continuing to hold yourself to what is, what is required to get to race day. Like, 
these are experiences that will last you a lifetime. The investment is worth it. I saw that in Leadville this weekend. I've experienced it for myself across marathons and ultra marathons. The investment's worth it. So if you're overwhelmed, if you're in a tough stretch of training and you don't know why you do this thing, know that you will know why. Like you will have that moment of clarity and just immense gratitude from it because number one, you're not alone. And number two, doing it just enhances your life in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I feel like we can all kind of fall into that trap of not really knowing the why or why are we doing this? Why are we putting so much work in? Do I need to put this work in? Is there another way to do this? Is there an easier way to do this? Right. Um, But it's really, truly special when you do get to that race weekend, cross that finish line, have you know, there's always takeaways of what worked and what didn't work. And that's what I love about running. It's like you could run, quote unquote, a really good, almost perfect race. And I can't say perfect because no one's had a perfect race and still come away with things that you want to improve on for next time. But what's so cool about Leadville, it's almost kind of flip-flopped of like everyone there is just like so grateful to be there. And if they finish, it's like the cherry on top of everything. And it's like the best energy to be around. And I've participated in like one trail race <laughs> and I loved it. I loved it. It was um, like two years ago and the vibe is just so different from road racing. And everyone is there to have fun, to lift each other high. No one cares about pace. Like it's just like have fun. And I feel like with road races, a lot of times we can get a little like type A and just get very type A, right? And really um, intense in what we're doing. And sometimes it's really great to be able to take a step back and see all the good, see all the great things that are being created and the cool community that surrounds it all um, while doing something that we love and being outside in a really cool, special amazing town like Leadville or maybe wherever your next race is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, trail running, running as a whole, it's not just running. It is truly life. Like so many things. Um, and one thing that, that I really remember, you know, the, the part that I was pacing uh, was definitely a tough stretch. Like it's a tough stretch of the course, it's yeah. tough in terms of like where you're at in the timing of the race. It's the middle of the night. Um, we got into the final aid station. We had both been up for over 24 hours. So there's so many factors at play that's just making it immensely challenging. And what happens in those moments is you can easily get removed from that feeling of gratitude. You can easily get pulled away from understanding just how special that moment is. And for me, I, I felt like it was partially my role as a pacer to just communicate that and just be like, hey, this pain that you're feeling right now is truly special. Like people don't feel this in their lives. So many people go their entire lives without feeling this sense of, of you know, pain and, and just like the place you have to dig to to continue forward. And I remember... Um, in my ultra marathon, getting to that point, and after the fact, after the race had been completed, just reflecting on that moment and thinking, was I still grounded in my purpose for doing that race? 
was I still filled with a sense of gratitude for being able to do it? Um, and I think in some ways I was, but I also think in some ways that's why I want to do it again, because I want to put myself in that position of discomfort and still be able to tap into gratitude, appreciation, understanding of why I'm doing it, even at mile 80 something of 100 miles when all you want to do is quit, but you're still going to continue forward. It's like, what are you going to continue forward with? What is the mindset? Um, and I think that when you can, you can hold that mindset, maintain that mindset from mile one to 100 of understanding why you're there, that's the most powerful thing you have. Like your body's powerful. It can push through. But if your mind is grounded in the right things, you're going to continue forward and you're going to get everything out of that experience that you were meant to. Yeah. And how often do we say training, racing is like 80, 90% mental, right? Like you can do all the right things in the training cycle, quote unquote, like your easy days, easy, your long runs, consistency, the mileage, hitting peak weeks. But if your mind isn't there, it's going to be a very tough race day because at some point you're going to hit a patch during the race where you need to lean into your mental strength and your fortitude and what you are grounded in, your why. And if it's not there, maybe it's your power words and mantras. And if it's not there, it's going to be a really tough rest of the day or morning or maybe 12 hours, depending on what race you're in. Um, but it's so true. And it all goes back to the mind and having a really strong, healthy mindset and knowing why you're doing what you're doing being intentional with it um, because we only have one life and it's short. It's short. It's like the days seem long sometimes and the years seem so short. And it's wild to think um, Elevate started like three years ago and three years ago seems like a blink of an eye. And where we are today versus where we were five years ago or 10 years ago or even in the pandemic. So, um, I think Leadville is such an inspiring race. It's an inspiring weekend. You might have heard other podcasts talking about it. You might have seen other things on social media. Maybe you know someone who participated in it or has participated in it. Um, but I think what's so cool about it is that it is a unique opportunity. It does kind of get the blood flowing in a different way. Um, and it is really cool when you do get outside of your comfort zone and to kind of feel the endorphins around that and why you're there and the gratitude for the community and all the other things that kind of come with that race or any other race that puts you outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. I have a great story, quick story. That was something that happened last week. I don't think, I don't know if you know, I did this Austin. I did this like in sync testing which was a surprise um, to us. Um, my coach basically told us we were doing it on Wednesday morning. It turned into a two-day test. So it's all-out efforts on two days back-to-back. It's all within 24 hours. We ended up doing uh, two 20-second all-out sprints, which doesn't seem that hard, but it was. <laughs> and then we ran a 12-minute all-out. That was just on the first day. On the second day, we ended up doing a three- and six-minute all-out effort. And 
The first day was just, it was interesting because like two 20 minute all out sprints, you definitely start to feel it by like six seconds. in. It's like, I felt like it wasn't, it wasn't going to be a big deal. It was like a really big deal. And we took a lot of time in between to recover. Um, I think about five minutes and then we took like 15 minutes in between the second 20 second effort into the 12 minute all out. Right. So I died a pretty fast death on the 12 minute all out part of these tests like they want you to go all out and then they want you to kind of blow up. And then what it does is it kind of gauges your threshold level, your racing level, how to fuel during races, um, different things like that. So it's really cool. On day two, we went into these three and six minute efforts, which seemed more for whatever reason for me, I felt more comfortable with them going into the three minute effort. I ended up running, um, a very, like, it was fast for me. It was a really great time. It was about 900 meters in three minutes. I came through the 800 and 241, which felt really good. And what's really wild with that and what I felt when you were talking about Leadville and just kind of putting yourself out there and being uncomfortable, but also having the gratitude for it was how uncomfortable I was for, for those three minutes and how grateful I was when we finished and what a cool experience it was, even for three minutes of flying around a track so mm -hmm. fast, which is like, you know, it's definitely different than Leadville and climbing thousands and thousands of feet at 10,000 feet. Um, but it kind of can all be the same, right? And that's one of the coolest pieces to running is how your experience and my experience could be very different experiences, but we can have generally the same kind of feelings around it. I truly believe that it's such an advantage and uh, like a superpower for an athlete to put themselves in a very challenging situation. And like, if you've been in that experience, whatever it looked like an all out sprint, the last 10 K of a marathon, the last 10 miles of a 100 mile race, whatever it is, you know, that feeling of like your world is closing in on you. Like it is so hard. You mm -hmm. don't know what the next step is. You don't know how you're going to get through it. You just want to stop. That is a common feeling that everyone experiences when they put themselves in those hard situations. And I think that the advantage comes when someone is able to recognize that they're in that moment, recognize that they can step out of that experience and that it will end. Like it mm -hmm. will pass but what are you going to remember from that moment? How are you going to um, reflect on your ability to handle that discomfort? That's what I always turn to. I guess that would be like, in a way, like my mindset in hard moments. The mantra that I'm repeating to myself is like, how are you going to remember this? How are you going to reflect on the way to handle that hard experience? And goes back to something that we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is, performance standards like you need to know what values you have as a person and as an athlete so that when you get in those hard moments the things that maybe you didn't anticipate happening the things that you can't truly control you have to then turn to what you can control how you're going to react to it how you're going to act and move forward from that because I've had moments where you look back and reflect on that moment and you're not happy with how you handled it and I think mm -hmm. that we all have those, but then when you can take it and say, next time I will be better from that, I will be better in handling that challenge. It just pushes you forward as an athlete. 
like we said, it's so mental because the mental influences the physical. If I lose the, the battle in my mind, it's going to be reflected in what's happening physically. So for any athlete who is enduring something hard, whether it be in your training, whether it be in preparation um, for how you're going to handle the challenges of race day, consider that. Consider that when you're in that moment, it will end. And while it may feel like your world is closing in on you a little bit, you have the ability to step back and to really consider what you want to make of that moment and how you're going to want to reflect on it once it's over. Yeah, absolutely. The performance standards are a huge piece to running and we've they were introduced um, on Dr. Ross's episode, our sports psychologist. It was last fall. I want to say it was episode 71, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> and he was, you know, such a great resource for the mental side of training. And whether you're getting into a really hard 5K, hey, it's hard for all of us. It's just different paces. And that's, I think, the thing that we all get to realize is that, you know, Austin's training, my training, your training, it's all hard. It's all the same thing. It's just different, right? Um, it's at different paces. It might have a little bit more of goal pace or a bit or a few more reps or something like that, but it's all kind of relative. And it's all hard. And how we choose to handle hard and how we choose to handle uncomfortable and how we choose to handle um, maybe it's the surprises that come up along the way, the things that we're not able to control, the things that um, maybe shift, maybe the, the universe puts in our path to see how we will react. It's all, especially if it's in training, it's all going to translate on race day. You know, if you end up stopping and, and calling it quits on a training run because XYZ didn't work out perfectly, like that's a tough place to be. Going back to your performance standards and evaluating you know, did you show up the way that you wanted to show up? Why or why not? And then creating a plan for next week. I'm a big believer in that. It's like, we're all going to have those long runs or those workouts or those training weeks that aren't going to go perfectly, but let's take a step back. Let's evaluate what worked, what didn't work, and then create a plan moving forward. So you can set yourself up for success. So you have that confidence going into race day. I'm sure all the Leadville athletes had that going into race day of, of their wins and things that worked for them. Maybe the things that didn't necessarily work in training, but how they flowed through it, because that's a big confidence booster too. Yeah. And, and I'll go back to it again. Like before you set these goals for yourself, know that you do want it. And it's also okay. We've talked about this before because I've experienced it to get into the training for something and realize that maybe you don't want it. Like maybe that's just not the priority of your life right now. Um, and I'm sure that, that that's a realization that anyone who signs up for a race um, can have. And just to be able to say, like, okay, I'm going to scale the amount that I'm putting into this. Like, either I want it, or maybe it's just not the main priority for me at this moment. Either way, it's okay. But to be able to recognize that can then influence the way that you are kind of conceptualizing what you want to get out of that experience. Like there's still something to get out of every single experience that you have, um, whether it means like setting a new PR or, you know, running 100 miles, whatever it is, or just like running a, a half marathon or a marathon for fun. There's still something to get out of it. It can still be such a special experience, but are you going to recognize what you want to get out of it? 
and you know what has been put in and how that translates to then what the outcome is going to be from that experience. So um, just be willing to reflect on that because it's really easy to get caught up in the expectations. It's easy to get caught up in the stress of training. Um, so step back, like reflect, slow down for a few minutes, um, <laughs> see what other people are doing. Like this, such a special experience to be there this week um, because I saw like what these these people have had to sacrifice to be able to yeah. finish this race, to be able to, to show up to the start line. And for me, it was like, okay, are, like, do you want the goal that you're currently pursuing as badly as these people do? Because if you don't truly want it, you can't fake it. And you don't want to fake it either. Like that's not a fun place to be, forcing yourself to do the training because you feel like you should want this thing. If you don't want it, you don't want it. Yeah. Because, and, and that's okay because to be able to say no to that thing allows you to then find what you truly do want and to say yes to that. And I saw people saying yes to the Leadville 100 this past weekend. And to see them say yes over and over and over through the hard moments of 100 miles and then to see that finish line, to see them cross that finish line and to know that that was their yes. That was the thing that they truly wanted and they realized it and they achieved it and they didn't do it alone. That's a beautiful thing, but sometimes you've got to say no or sometimes you have to ask the hard questions of yourself because when you ask the hard questions, you get the right answers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've shared my Boston experience on this podcast and, you know, it was a situation that wasn't maybe entirely uh, a yes for, for the right reasons. And it was something that really did eat away at me throughout the training. And it was something that was really tough because I didn't want to go to the race and I didn't want to you know go to race weekend. And I just wanted to like, not do that. And it's a really play, it's a really tough place to be when you do put all this effort in, everyone's excited for you and you're not excited for yourself. Um, and knowing that it's okay if that's where you are, but it is speaking up and changing it. So you can be excited about what you're doing and that could look like so many different ways, right? It could mean taking a step back. It could mean pausing. It could be shifting. It could be running the race for fun instead of having a goal, right? Um, but really, I'm such a big believer um, in this phrase, and it's something that I've really been leaning into lately and something that I've been sharing with athletes who are ple- people-pleasing, because I fall in this category too. I am a people-pleaser. Um, if you say yes, you are saying no to something else. So if you're saying yes, you get to be very much in a convicted state of that yes and being all in on that yes. Because if you're not, then that's a really dangerous place to be because then you're also saying no to something that you probably do want. So really lean into that maybe the next time you're looking at what race you want to sign up for, what you want to create in 2024, um, even like social obligations, friend obligations, not obligations, but just social commitments, right? things outside of training, things in life, things that say yes to the things that fill your cup and make you excited and make you want to show your best and be your best and say yes to the things that are just aligned with who you are right now. And it's a thousand percent okay if that has shifted over the years 
that's what makes us human. As we all get older, we shift into morph into different types of humans. Hopefully we're growing and evolving, but we all know it's not linear. <laughs> it's not linear. So that's okay. But know that maybe what served you three years ago might not serve you in this moment today. And that's okay. Yeah. All these are lessons that we can take away from running from the goals that we set for ourselves and even just like get out there and, and witness a race too. Like that's, that's one of the, the takeaways that I think we can close this episode on is like, doesn't always have to be you doing the thing. Go watch mm-hmm. other people do it. Sometimes that is when you have the greatest perspective over those experiences and it influences the way that you then handle those moments when you're the one in it. Um, so get out there, like watch, watch a marathon this year that you're not running go to an ultra marathon um do these things support people be the person in someone's corner that you wish you had or that you know you have um and when you do that i think it it just enhances the perspective that you have over your own training and racing yeah absolutely it could even be a track meet i know we're kind of late in the summer boulder had an incredible like track meet series This summer, I got to support my teammate Peggy running the 400 meters. She's also a marathoner. So it's a very wildly different uh, type of race for her. And it was so fun to see her just dominate and run super strong, super fast. And just she just was so excited throughout all of it. So, yeah, I think, you know, closing today's episode with the message of like, you know, trying new things spectating, supporting, volunteering, lifting others high. It doesn't always have to be uh, you in the driver's seat. Maybe you're the co-pilot and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, well, we hope that you have some takeaways from this episode because these experiences are not isolated. They, they truly do like, they have lessons that communicate to everyone's lives. So we hope that you were able to take away some key points Um, if you've never really seen anything from the Leadville 100, look into it. It's truly amazing. Um, you know, just everything about Leadville, everything about the Rocky mountains in Colorado and what it means to run 100 miles through that, um, is truly special. So look into it. Um, maybe you find yourself there spectating for a friend sometime. Um, and I highly recommend that because it's a special experience. Um, and If you don't already connect with us on social media, uh, definitely do so. You can find me on Instagram at AustinMyers12. Sarah, where can they connect with you and the Elevate Your Running brand? On Instagram and threads at SarahRunsHappy and at Elevate Your Running. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. We appreciate you. We love you. We support you. Have a great week.